Welcome to Women in Business, the podcast that celebrates the incredible achievements and stories of inspiring women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Erin Book. I'm thrilled to have you join me on this empowering journey of women in business. Throughout this podcast series, we'll delve into the remarkable achievements, triumphs and challenges faced by women entrepreneurs who have defied the odds and made their mark in the business world. Tell everybody who you are and what do you do? So my name's Jessica Hartsorn, um, but my business is Jessie Illustrates, and I'm a professional illustrator. Um, but my business itself is kind of split into four sections. So I, the main part is illustration, obviously, um, as the name says. Um, so I do things like children's books and um, more sort of traditional, um, I suppose, what you'd expect as an illustrator. But actually, the sort of main body of work that I work with is uh, museums and galleries. Um, and it's things like maps and trails most of the audience that i work with are children so it's sort of like educational resources i illustrate so if you imagine you've got i don't know a hundred year old pot and that looks a little bit boring on a shelf they might come to me and go like how can you make that look more exciting so you know i might bring it to life as a character and tell the story of that pot or who owned it or what was in it through drawing and visual storytelling so it's a really exciting job because I do get to see all these really super exciting objects that are you know maybe sometimes 100 years old maybe more sort of Egyptian or um you know Roman and um so do you have free reign with the story sorry so do you have free reign with the story it really depends so sometimes there's already a story um or elements facts that you can then kind of make into a story um other times it's more if it's more of a trail it might be just a few facts around it but you could kind of make the things into a character so it just kind of brings it to, mm. to life um and that character just telling you facts about itself <laughs> <laughs> um and then i've done things like wall vinyls for exhibitions um and floor vinyls um, I've done quite a lot of work with um, SEND students. Um, so if you go into a museum and there's maybe triggers, sort of maybe dark spaces or loud noises, I've created maps to kind of give people a bit of a heads up about those sorts of spaces. So I might walk around with a group of, say, autistic young people and they'll help me sort of identify places and then I'll illustrate a map to showcase you know where all those maybe trigger points might be so it can sort of assist people before they get there now as this is a podcast you can't see my face but my face and my eyes are quite wide because <laughs> i think that's i think that's just fantastic so my background is education i used to go on these uh residentials where you go to like york museums and i've held those illustrate though not particularly yours i don't know but I've held those illustrations with the kids and we've used them when you've had to go around the museum. And I know exactly what you mean by not that particular part, but the character of the, instead of them just the trying to relate to the kids. So it has to be something that they warm to, that they resonate with. So you turn that part into a young child or a young person with eyes or whatever, talking about how they were made and everything. So, yeah, I remember all that. But go on. I know there's uh, two more things that your business have. Yeah, so that's my illustration side. But then I also do lots of workshops. So I deliver sort of 
illustration masterclasses or creative activities. So I also work with a lot of adults with dementia. So um, I deliver craft and um, painting and a range of different creative activities for adults with dementia and their carers. So that's sort of the workshop side. I do draw alongs as well, which is kind of a newish thing in the last sort of, well, since lockdown really where I sort of a little bit just stand at the front draw along with me style um but it's been really popular because you can kind of almost just pop it up anywhere and you know come and just draw with me hence where I, I created some fabulous dungarees recently <laughs> to showcase I was almost like a piece of artwork myself where I drew on the dungarees and actually I, I wore them at an event recently and as I walked around the building it was a bit like being the Pied Piper because all the children were like I want to draw with her <laughs> I followed me around um so yeah so the draw along the thing really kids fun. kids relate to like things that are fun and so yeah. someone just stood there saying, hey, I draw. But then obviously yeah. you demonstrating it and walking around. And as before we started recording this, I'm a big lover of dungarees and wear them all the time. If people who follow me on my on my Instagram know I'm always in my stripy dungarees or my paint splattered dungarees. Love them. I follow your account and I have seen some of those draw alongs because didn't you do? I mean, I've probably got this wrong, but didn't you do it as a party? somebody hire you to do a party or something no not so much a party but i have done um i do lots of venues so like lots of big galleries and museums i draw sort of inspired by what's around me but i've done lots of kind of drop-in type ones where i did one you've got some great park. videos yeah so that was like that was actually all my followers actually so i created a video recently like a promotional video for my website and i just did a call out on my social media for all the kind of kids that maybe have come to workshops in the past because i do a lot of like what i call jesse illustrates workshops where they're just for kids to come along and drawing masterclass type things and so yeah I just did a bit of a shout out so all the kids in that video came along for a bit of a freebie session to come and be in the video uh, for the draw along and yeah we were outside in this beautiful garden and um, it was sort of a pop-up in a gazebo and yeah they're all drawing along so so obviously you have to have a, a, a smidgen of talent to be an illustrator were you always drawing as a kid did you know that you had a talent is it something that you spent all your time doing yeah absolutely i absolutely love drawing i was just in a corner in our lounge we had a little those old-fashioned desks where you lift the lid up yeah. and i had all my drawing things in there and then i had um those sort of draw along books where you'd sort of like draw a circle then you draw the nose and you know like follow it along a bit like a draw along I suppose mm. and uh, I would sit and just draw and draw and I think the first kind of idea was I used to I started selling my paintings and drawings when I was about six or no I must have been a bit older maybe seven or something like that in the an paper. entrepreneur and a painter yeah a so it was the era of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> so I would draw on a big a sheet um a3 sheet each of the turtles because obviously everyone had their favorite and then I'd sell them for like 2p <laughs> the going rate in the 80s um uh yes yeah, so I'd sell them in the in the playground and um yeah, I think that was kind of the start that people were like, oh, you're the arty one sort of thing. <laughs> so uh, did you follow art right through school? Did you do art GCSE and art A-level or anything? 
Yeah, I had a really amazing art teacher. I think that really helped actually. Um, really, he I think he must have seen something in me. And he kind of really encouraged me. He encouraged me to go to galleries because that actually, in, I lived in Derbyshire, grew up in Derbyshire. We didn't really have anything nearby. So galleries wasn't something I really went to at all, really. Um, so I remember the first time I went to the National Portrait Gallery um, probably around 14 or something like that. So quite old, I, I would say, compared to kids nowadays. And I saw a painting. Um, it was Ophelia, where the woman's laying lay in the... Yeah. yeah. And I'd seen, I studied that in my art class. And it's Renaissance, it, isn't it? Yes. And and it's uh, oils and it's sort of quite textural when you see it. Mm. And I just remember being stood in front of this absolutely huge artwork. It's really big compared to your tiny thing in your, your workbook at school. And I was just like in awe. Um, and I think, yeah, I just kind of got this like overwhelming feeling of like, wow, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. Um, I'm going to admit yeah, something to you here. At about 14, I bought, you know, you used to be able to buy postcards because you couldn't buy big artwork. You had postcards. I had a pack of the Renaissance paintings. And i that's why I knew instantly when you said about Ophelia with a white dress on and a long red hair and she's in the water and everything. Because that's one of my favourite uh, things that, I mean, I don't have it now, but I used to put them up on my wardrobe door and it was just, it's it, so romantic. So, I mean, obviously she's dead in the picture, I'm assuming, because she drowned Ophelia, didn't she? But yeah. still, she uh, it's an amazing piece of work. So um, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, it did make me an illustrator or a drawer, but I can get I can get the, the same kind of feeling. So that was at 14. So you just thought, right, this is what I want to be. Yeah, I think so. And then I yeah went to I did A level art. My dad was like, be a graphic designer. You won't earn any money doing art unless you do graphic design. Um, but I didn't want to do graphic design. Do you say to um, him now, ha ha, look at me now. <laughs> I know, although I do do a bit of graphic design now. So <laughs> but, hey, hey. Um, but yeah, so then I went to art college and then did a degree in illustration, which I absolutely loved. It was just the most amazing thing to just be what doing What kind of things do you day. learn in illustration? I understand so, that was like when you do A-level, my nephew did A-level art and he was saying, you know, you learn technique from previous artists. You're learning about those artists. So I'm assuming an illustration degree would be like three years. Yeah. So what do you learn in illustration? Yeah. So before that, you have to do, generally you have to do an art um, foundation course as well, which is like a year of almost like just experimenting. So they do teach you techniques, but then you also just almost like play with materials just to see what they do. So an example I remember I loved doing was playing with bleach and tissue paper, because when you put bleach on, different colours kind of come out from it. So if you're, say, working with black tissue and you put bleach on it, like greens and different colours will come out. So that was really fun just to actually see, like, well, if I do this and this, what will happen? And if I, I don't know, I, I worked on a cake piece where I painted lots of different birthday cakes and things like that and then I got some plaster of Paris and put it in an icing bag and piped plaster of um, Paris into a cake so it's just kind of like really getting creative like letting your brain explode almost with creativity because when you're at school it is very prescriptive you have to do this you have to do that it has to look like this where actually art college it's almost totally reversed and it's like do anything (laughs) whatever you like um but we also had on rotation different specific skills so we did things like photography life drawing um kind of more fine art 
we did like uh, more historical studies um, and we did illustration and that's when I was like yes this is what I want to do um, when I did that particular rotation and then my last kind of like last term I could just do illustration and I think one of the reasons I love it is because it's about visual storytelling mm -hmm. so I wasn't so much into think of an abstract thought and then kind of just put what you want on I really like kind of sharing a message so it wasn't all about me it was about how can I maybe bring joy to somebody else or tell yeah. this funny story or bring this to life um through the visual means um and yeah I just really like that so at university we had to be in nine to five every day so it was quite compared to other people at university <laughs> you know full-on really and we had film studies which was really interesting of like thinking about composition and how the the camera follows people and editing and, and all that sort of thing we did a bit on animation we did a bit on graphic design and then we did like life drawing and basic drawing skills but we'd also be set lots of different more like live briefs so if you would say doing something for editorial in magazines you know here's your brief go and do it um, yeah, what would you come up with yeah what would you come up with or if it was a storybook right you you know this is your starting point go and kind of create something so and then we'd have what we call crits where they'd all come and criticize <laughs> so building your resilience yeah so after uni did you go into graphic design as a job or did you instantly start your own business where did your path go um so when i left university i did have about a year as a freelance illustrator and I got picked up by an agent but if I'm honest and I've heard this really regularly I'd done four years by then of solid like nine to five just illustration and I just felt really burnt out mm. and I, I hear this is quite common because you're just almost like churning it out um and I, I just started to lose the love of it um so I did about a year and then I kind of fell into galleries and museums and this is kind of why I've ended up working back again with gallery museums so I ended up working as an education officer as a, in a gallery in Milton Keynes and then I moved to rugby and I worked as the education manager there in a, a gallery museum for 13 years so wow. quite a big chunk of time and developed quite almost like a career in that sector but then towards the end I'd had my children by then and towards the end I was sort of starting to want to make myself uh, I, my position I could help others create and commission others to make and create things but I really just wanted to do that myself again so while I was still working there I set up a secret Instagram account and nobody knew about it and I started painting and putting things on there. Um, and I set a challenge of like two things a week I would upload. And um, people started to like it. And I was like, oh, okay. They don't even know who I am. It's not like my friends or anything. That's quite a good sign. <laughs> um, and then I applied for a big mural um, in Birmingham. And I got it. And I was a bit like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Because <laughs> it was five 13 meter walls. So it was huge. And yeah. um, so I did that and it got quite a lot of publicity. And then all my kind of colleagues around me, I was still at the gallery, was like, oh, I didn't even know this is what you, you could do. You know, you were really talented. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I started to think about, well, actually, is this something I could do again? And um, Had you so, lost confidence? The way that you're telling the story is that everybody was telling that you were good. 
and you're cringing as you're telling me that these people told you that you were good. So did you always sort of have little confidence in what you could do or did you have it when you were doing it in uni and everything? But then that 13 year gap, did it make you, did you have self-doubt when you started oh, doing it again? I, even when I left, I wasn't leaving to be an illustrator. So when I actually left, because um, in my job, I, I actually project managed a lot of art projects. So I actually left to do that, thinking I might double in illustration. So I actually left my job, my sort of permanent job, when I got a contract working for the Paralympic Heritage Trust. So I got quite a large, I think it was like a six month contract like as a freelancer mm -hmm. and also for Historic England. So two really big contracts that I was like, okay, I feel I can leave my job now but they were both project management and uh, a bit like content creation educational museum content creation so I, I didn't really leave anyway for my illustration I was still just dabbling in my sort of playing in my free time but I needed that time to play because I kind of lost my style a little bit in that time I didn't really I didn't have any confidence and I didn't really know what I was doing if I'm honest I was just sort of playing so I thought, well, if thing, little things come up, great, but this is my main bit of money. I'll, I'll do the project management style and, and all that sort of thing. I got my next contract was for um, a museum in London, the Gunnersbury Park Museum. And that was to do some educational resources. But just while I was there, I was like, but I can illustrate as well. So I'll just throw that in a little bit and, you know, if you, if you want it. And I showed them some of my things that I'd done and they're like, oh, yeah. And that was a really good thing because it was almost like testing the waters mm. to see if people actually wanted it. And also I had started to build a portfolio of that quite niche museum doing the content and the illustration, which was quite unique. Mm. having all that knowledge of museums and knowing how it all works but then being able to illustrate it as well because obviously a lot of illustrators just illustrate they don't have all the kind of museum knowledge so so it's kind of that's how it then started really so how did it COVID affect you then because obviously the museums weren't open anymore so they wouldn't need yeah. the resources or did they change the way that they needed resources so that that's where it all changed for me so Obviously, because I was going out and doing like workshop delivery and then also a lot of project management. When it came to lockdown, museums were all closed, but they wanted online content mm -hmm. and they came to me. So they wanted illustrations and they wanted the, the educational resources. So that's where actually my business started to actually grow, totally change. And I started to develop more confidence because I couldn't necessarily do the project management side but they were coming to me to do illustrations. So they wanted like educational packs that people could download or coloring in sheets that people could download. So all of a sudden I became quite busy with that sort of thing. But the other thing, I wasn't doing any draw alongs or anything like that. And um, <laughs> like a lot of us, I thought it'd be two weeks we'd be locked down. Mm. So I was like, yeah, everyone, I'll do a daily draw along live on Facebook. And then 10 weeks later, I was still do <laughs> doing that. Um, so I bought like a visualizer and I was doing like live draw alongs with people, but I massively built a huge following during that time because I was very quick to respond. I literally what were they brought to you? Or do you mean just very quick to get your videos out? Yeah. So I actually started doing draw alongs before we went into lockdown because a few of my friends' kids were off um, 
with with covid so about three days before we went into lockdown i started to do the live draw alongs and then carried them on and i think because i was one of the first i got quite a lot of followers so i, mm. I gained 700 followers in uh on facebook in two months which for me was huge yeah. and i was meant to have my first book launch for super panda which was my first book that i illustrated and wrote and that was meant to be in the April that we locked down. So I did a live launch and I had, eight, again, 800 people came to that live launch because everyone was at home. <laughs> no one could yeah. go anywhere. So I sort of, I suppose I just jumped, not really intentionally, but it kind of just happened because I was so quick that people then kind of stayed with me for quite a long time. And I've got some really lovely comments even now from people saying, oh, you remind us of a positive thing of lockdown. We bought your books. We were doing all the draw alongs with you. And and even at the draw, um, big draw last Saturday in my dungarees, I had a couple of families came to me saying, we used to do your draw alongs in lockdown and we've never met you in real life. And so, yeah, it was obviously for everybody it was really hard time but for me it actually helped my business sort of navigate where I wanted to go because when we went into lockdown I'd only actually been freelancing for one year and I think in that time I was still in that stage of like what am I doing what do I want to do and I think I don't know I think I presume a lot of people have that first year of kind of not really knowing what they want to do so almost trying everything yeah. just to kind of go well I'll do that and I'll do that and then work out what I actually want to do and then I think lockdown forced me to think even further about well actually I love doing the illustration side if people are going to pay me to do it then let's carve out a niche in that and and with the draw alongs that kind of just happened naturally and after lockdown it seemed natural to kind of carry that on in a different way so that's it and then that's when you turned them into like real person draw along yeah at that point yeah. i've heard so many businesses and um the people that i've interviewed we all mainly we've all we feel guilt not that we feel guilty but we all were in the right place at the right time when covid hit we all had a background of digital and people had to adapt really quickly so obviously for me i was able to help people that just didn't have a clue how digital works you jumped on and did the i mean and that would have helped so many kids i mean joe wicks did his exercising but you know some kids don't want to do the exercising yeah and you probably inspired so many kids that might not have picked up a pencil ever that because they had that time and then there was somebody there guiding them to be inspired to be creative and as we know with the education system creativeness is not really rewarded these days or funded so it's Absolutely, it's yeah. good that um it's just really good i wish i'd known i'd have i mean my kids are older but i wish i'd come across i would have done your daily draw because i love drawing i find it uh, i said to you beforehand i mean i'm not good at it but i enjoy it because it's relaxing you know yeah. like coloring in and drawing and all that kind of thing I had, I had quite a few adults actually did you know did join in and I did have people all over the world joining because I put them on YouTube after so after they were live I'd add them to YouTube so they're still on there now so if you want to want to go back and join I, I know I definitely will I will go and have a look <laughs> because I get stuck I find that I I am a good copier but I'm not a good coming up with something so I get really frustrated because I would love I'm more abstract I like abstract shapes and colors and things like that 
And so I just end up looking at my pro kit some nights, just going, you know, I don't know what to draw, you know. That's why I started doing the kawaii characters, because I just looked at different things around my house, thought, I'll draw that. But, you know, there's a, I'm, I'm sure there's an artist inside me somewhere. It's just buried yeah. very deep down. Absolutely. So I believe gonna... that very much. Everybody <laughs> has their own element of creativity. It's just different for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go check out your YouTube. I did watch your, um, when you released your, the ones that you did with the followers, with the kids came to do it yes. at yeah. the beginning. I have watched them. So after COVID, how has it changed now that people have started not needing the online part as much yeah i mean i think i just adapted my work i was really lucky in lots of ways and i think i've thought about this quite a bit i got because i've got the different avenues i've got my workshops i've got my illustration and then the draw alongs as well generally i'm always quite busy because i've got those different things so if illustration's a bit quiet i'm generally fine i'm busier with something else one of the other elements of strands and um, coming out of covid there was a lot of funding through the arts council for what they call the Re recovery fund for museums and galleries and arts organizations so coming out straight out of covid um each lockdown really I ended up doing projects, art-related projects linked to health and well-being because people did see that they needed to get out, to meet people, to interact, and art is a good way to do that. So I was quite lucky that I ended up running quite a few projects that were like long-term ones as well, sort of six-month projects for the Arts Council. And then in terms of illustration, that did go a little bit quieter, but then once places started to open again, they, again, they kind of wanted things to draw people out, some new content. So I did do lots of trails uh, and that sort of thing. So, and then the draw alongs, I still did online draw alongs for quite a while, actually, after COVID. So there was a few projects I did that were like maybe 10 weeks of art courses. Um, for children that maybe didn't were a bit nervous about going back out into the real world but still wanted to kind of talk to other people mm. so there might be like 10 kids on a zoom call and we'd all draw along together so it was a sort of very slow and gradual change but um I was out with my mask pretty much straight away because there was a lot of projects that were meant to start and then kept getting delayed and delayed with the constant kind of delaying of coming out into the world mm. so as soon for some projects as soon as we could go out you know as artists were out there <laughs> falls. have you ever thought of you know like you're saying that when you started that you followed a book you know that did the drawer circle and all that lot have you ever thought about putting your the drawer alongs into books yeah it is and it's literally it was something i was thinking about doing for this christmas but i've just not had quite a chance so now i've kind of thought about it maybe for next christmas but yeah i thought about maybe a little kit with a little sketchbook jesse illustrates sketchbook and a little maybe a little apron maybe and then a little yeah dungarees <laughs> yeah dungarees maybe <laughs> um and then yeah a little book of sort of how to yeah how to draw maybe some coloring in sheets as well so yes it has been on my brain but it is quite a lot of work to put something mm. like that together so it, yeah it is sort of a case of being realistic with my time that I can't throw it together in a week <laughs> yeah I mean that's a hard thing for for some people is that they have an idea and then you just want it out but it doesn't work like that that's why when I did that post about can you just you were an inspiration for one yeah. of those questions and it was can you just draw uh, some farm animals and the reason that that came from you I, I was thinking about 
people that come to don't realize how hard it is to draw and they just think oh well you've got a talent you just whack a picture out and i thought about you drawing the bear in the barrel as i was writing that i was like but then i didn't want it to sound to say can you just draw a bear in a barrel for people that are listening uh, we were at a co-working um morning and i think that you were challenged to draw a bear falling off niagara falls or something yeah so you, you, in a you barrel turned, <laughs> in a barrel and you turned it into the the first woman that did it but it was a female bear yeah and it was just like amazing that your creativity was like woof but you know it took you all morning and everything and it just so that's why you you were you were there was different people that inspired my can you just post and you were one of them <laughs> Um, when I started these interviews, it was on Independent Women's Day. So I always ask the question about gender fairness. Now, I've noticed that for this series, everybody that I've asked has actually said they've never had a problem. <laughs> so it's perfectly fine for you to say that you've never had a problem. But have you ever, positively or negatively, in your life, had a situation created because of your gender? Yeah, not, I haven't as an illustrator, I have to say, because I think as an illustrator, especially nowadays, I mean, I often don't meet people, it's all done through email, so it's yeah. based on your artwork, and they'll email you and you do the artwork, so I can never really say, I can't think of a single thing, however, I have in previous jobs, absolutely, um, I worked as a lifeguard as a student for many years, and I think, I'm only five foot one, so I'm quite small, um, so a small sort of female lifeguard stood on the side. I would often get, yeah, um, males uh, shout things at me and deliberately put their kids in really stupid situations of, you know, I'll go and save them. Look, they can't swim. Chuck the kid over, and you know, and I, I don't, I can't see that would have happened with a man lifeguard, a male lifeguard. And I think being far more confrontational with me because I was, again, petite and a female, then if it was a male lifeguard, they wouldn't have challenged. However, I stood my ground. Yay. <laughs> I am fierce, but small, <laughs> as I say. But yeah, I mean, that, that to be honest, as a lifeguard, I think you, you do sometimes get abused regardless anyway. So uh, I was a bit sort of tougher to that, I think. But then I think also, you're right. I think if, the, if it was a, a bulky young man, yeah. then they would just ignore that lifeguard standing by there. But yeah, but I've, that's the first. I've never heard of a female lifeguard story that um, <laughs> that you would think. The way that it's gone is that when I first started these interviews in 2021 and I asked that question, there was a lot of people telling me, yeah, this happened and yeah, this happened. And over the three years, I'm now having that, no, you know, yeah. because they're thinking of the here and now. I and think that's it because that was a lot that was a while ago you know that is probably like what 20 years ago so um I'm when saying, now I, have, I have I'm exactly the same as you I can look back and say 20 you know for an example 20 years ago yes I did but I'm like you I was brought up by a dad that told me that being a girl doesn't matter and he taught me to be uh, argumentative <laughs> and he taught me to be fierce because he wasn't going to be there forever to stick up for me and women would have it was different though for my mum my mum was the housewife that did the dinner and he didn't talk down to her or anything like that but no. that was just the setup but his daughters yeah. weren't going to be like that uh, and I, I and he did quite well because both me and my sister are very fierce and very argumentative so I think there's been a shift that of parenting that though it was what they had and their wives like that that 
the next generation were going to be like that weren't going to be like that and then we're talking to our kids and yeah. i've got two sons i haven't got daughters but i'll make damn sure that my sons teach treat women correctly yeah i've got uh, two daughters so yeah, it's sort of like not gonna sense. happen in this house yeah so if no, they absolutely. Did, my girls would not stand for so i think like it's that. getting more and more which is a great thing i i don't think we're quite there yet but i do yeah. think there's less and less gender treatment because yeah. of we're passing it on yeah if absolutely. you had then an illustrator come along no matter the age i used to say a young illustrator but you know in, <laughs> i'm 47 so any kind of aged illustrator that wanted to get into illustration what advice would you give them i think find your your passion so whatever you're illustrating i think that is actually important because you um your passion will kind of seep out of your artwork you know the more you love i love museums i've worked with collections for so long when someone does send me you know photos or something that is fantastic I just get so excited you know because I, I'm passionate about that so that yeah. then makes me sort of want to do it more you know it gives me that drive um so sort of find things that you're passionate about don't worry too much about trends and you know I so I paint I still I'm not digital artist so many people are but then that's why I stayed with painting because mm. people then come to me because it's different yeah you know if they if they don't want it to, to be digital then they'll generally come to me and there's lots of choice of that so um if that's and what you want to change do, yeah exactly and I think you know if if you love painting then don't feel you've got to go the digital way I do do elements of digital because at times I need to mm -hmm. but on the whole I, that's what I'll say to the clients if they you know want you to change your exact whole of what you do I'm like well that's I'm not for you um so try and stand your ground but then also find out all the information from the business side of things so things like copywriting and you know insurances and all the kind of legal side of things so you don't get kind of stuck in difficult positions if you are contracted to do something and I think in terms of kind of getting yourself out there, you know, social media is where it's at for a lot of people. But if you're going into a particular niche, because there's so many niches, you know, cookbooks or, you know, cakes and that sort of thing, or it could be museums or it could be uh, sportswear or editorial or, or whatever, children's books, you know, really dig and delve deep into that niche. So I attend a lot of museum conferences that aren't specifically I'm often the only illustrator there but that's where I meet everybody like in the whole of the UK that's in a museum so you know it's sort of finding those kind of out of the box ways of getting in with your clients so if it was you know cakes is there a kind of a national cake convention that you can go to and then you know have a stall there or you know so I think it's it's trying to think outside of the box really I know a lot of people have agents I I don't or don't at the moment so you can do it without an agent but you have to be really on it and you have to be really savvy about your marketing and you have to kind of get yourself out there yourself so I think it depends on your personality doesn't it some people yeah. just don't want to deal with any of that sort of thing so then an agent is perfect for you but if you're quite on it with social media and you know marketing yourself then give that a go first and the confidence of going so these museum conferences that you go to uh, it's like networking isn't it it's like mm. I'm not um, specifically a digital marketer but I go to digital marketing events because I will learn 
it's good to go because you learn from people that have been there before. They've got ideas and, and things like that. So that's great. I never even thought about, obviously, that museums do network, <laughs> that museums yeah, do conferences. Absolutely, especially in the education sector, which is what I used to, I mean, I used to go to these conferences as an education manager, so I am more aware of them, but that's where everyone that's going to commission you goes. So you want to get in with those people. But then it's also about like finding out what's current in your sector. So, you know, for me in the museum sector, it's finding out what they're all focusing on this year. So then I can look out for funding maybe that links to that or, mm if I want to propose an idea which I do do sometimes I'll sort of go what about this <laughs> have you thought about this um and you know sometimes they just need someone else to do the thinking for them because I haven't got time so mm. it is and worth... they might not be creative whereas no. you've got all those ideas yeah I got quite a big contract this summer by doing that I sent a past client a list of things I could do for a big event like national event they had in September so I sent that in like I know May time um, thinking they'd choose one from the list and then they're like can you do them all like, okay <laughs> but you know I think sometimes you have to put yourself out there in that yeah, way they don't know do they you've got you know what you can do they don't yeah um so you have to shout about you have to be your biggest cheerleader to to get that out that was brilliant absolutely brilliant interview thank you Jessie well go check out YouTube she's got her videos <laughs> <laughs> um check out her on instagram she puts her drawings on there and everything really interesting i'll put it in the description i'll put all of your tags so that people can go find where everything actually is so thank you for being interviewed you're welcome have a great day you too